DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're now joined by the former Ute quarterback, Frank Dolce. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Yes, we are. And the Utes, I, the Utes I, have a W, so I think maybe you're doing a little better. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. I Sometimes it feels like uh, I... I find myself being more uh, obje- maybe objective is the word I'll use <laughs> after the Utes win a game, and and maybe m- a little a little more complimentary after they lose a game, and so I, it's a kind of an odd phenomenon that happens. So I'm happy, yeah, I'm 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 happy to talk about this game and your take on this game, and obviously the game coming up, but and where. Utah sits in this crazy football season. I think it's awesome going forward, Frank, that it looks like the uh, Utes have found once again a stud running back in which to build an offense around. It is it is a little bit uncanny the way Utah has back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back found this stalwart at the running back position. I mean, you guys probably have lists in front of you, but just going back a few years, I mean, you look at Zach Moss and Devontae Booker and um, and now and now Ty and um, and, and before Ty, it looked like it was probably going to be Wilmore Brumfield. I mean, I it's it's really hard to, to dismiss those two guys. They're not they're not the same running back as Ty Ty is, but those guys are pretty darn good. Um, and then you can just keep going back and back and back. So I, I, it, it is amazing. It seems like there are, are a few position groups um, on that football team. It started with the defensive line where Coach Whittingham just figures out a way to reload. It feels like um, defensively they're figuring that out in all the position groups, especially in the defensive backfield although that youth is, is a little difficult to overcome. Um, and the running back position. That, that running back position is, uh, is the foundation on the offensive side. I don't think there's any question about that. I think it just comes down to where are they going with the passing game? Because I think even at linebacker now, which that was a position group we used to obsess about. And I just mm-hmm. saw P- PK's got me turned on to this Pac-12 list Twitter feed thing, and they're listing everything. <laughs> and they're listing linebackers. You know, on a Tuesday, there's some list, right? List linebackers come out. They think the Utes have like two of the top half dozen linebackers in the league. I mean, it's like that used to be a problem, and now that's a strength. So it really comes down to, you know, where can they get the passing game to? And that's where I feel like this year's really a bizarro year for all the COVID-related bizarro stuff, and we, you know, could go on and do shows about it, and we have. Uh, the fact that the guy who looks like the quarterback of the future got hurt 14 snaps, you know, into his first start, was uh, so we don't really see what's happening at quarterback because n- nothing apparently is happening at quarterback as far as the future goes. You know, there's a here and now, but – Hit next season, you're going to hit the restart button. But everything else seems to be progressing. The secondary looks good. The run game looks good. There were question marks there, and it looks like they're getting answered. Yeah, no no question about it. I, I still think in the defensive secondary on the defensive side that it feels like Utah is still playing it a little bit cautious. It's not the, it's not the same 
attacking style of defense we've seen Utah run in the past. And it it feels to me like that's a little bit of let's try and protect protect this defensive secondary um, that that has at times you know just shown its youth and, and inexperience. So you know that we'll we'll live with this four man rush and we'll try and disrupt passing lanes, but we're going to try and protect that secondary. Um, still, super talented in in the in the secondary. The the point about the quarterback, I know you, DJ, you and I have had a, a conversation about this and we we're probably closer to agreeing than disagreeing on on the situation but i do think that there should there there, there needs to be a little bit more focus on solidifying if that's the right word that that position group it felt like coming into this season you had uh, after the after the Huntley era, you had a couple of really good options. I mean, the numbers would would kind of bear that out a little bit with Bentley and what what he did, and then just the reports on on Cam Rising coming out of camp. It felt like there was some that that position group was was kind of getting uh, solidified, but. I think the, based on the play of the quarterback position over the last few weeks, you'd have to say that there's still some work to be done there. And I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily down on Bentley. I think that's a guy with all of the tools. I, I really believe that he has all of the tools to be a very, very good quarterback. He, there are just a couple things that he's done in the, in the few weeks that he's played that where, where I think he needs to make some improvement uh, to to really make that team successful on the offensive side. You think he has all the tools because uh, he missed some receivers that led to having field goals. So you know, I don't want to crack on college kids, but I'm wondering, is he a big time quarterback? Yeah, no, I, I do think he has all the tools. I, I mean, so you let's set those two passes aside. Which are just two, you know, just two passes that you have to make. I think PK, you could probably make those passes. I don't know. I've never seen you throw a football, but I, I'm guessing you could make those two passes. Um, all the, you know, everything, all the conditions would have to be right. I think, but you could probably complete it. The, the, but, but I've also seen, I've also seen Bentley um, under duress step up and pick up first downs on several occasions with his athleticism that's a, I think that's a huge positive I've seen him on the move uh, rip a ball 15 yards downfield on and out right between the numbers and that's a difficult pass to make and I've seen him go through a progression and check down and dump the ball off and pick up a few yards uh, I, I've seen him do really good things I, and I think his arm strength is, is fine I, I wouldn't say it's you know, Aaron Rodgers, um, but it's not Peyton Manning either. I mean, I think he has, I think he has good arm strength. So, you know, the, the, then you go back to, well, what, what separates a, you know, a good average, good quarterback from a really good quarterback? Well, you know, that's the guy that, that is completing those passes. All of a sudden you're, instead of six points, you're talking about 14 points and that game looks a lot different at the end 
You're not talking about nearly losing a 20-point lead. Uh, and and going through his progression, getting rid of the ball more quickly, those are some of the things where I think he needs a little bit of work. And and my thing that I've said, I, you know, since the beginning is it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's necessarily taking the reins of the offense. It doesn't feel like he's the he's the commander in chief on the football field. Not in the way that that Tyler Huntley ran that football team. Even when he was not as successful statistically, you always felt like there was a distinct leader on the field and that was that was Huntley. I feel that that, that seems to be an area that that I think he could maybe take a, a step forward. So we can talk about you. We can talk about Utah quarterbacking, but then we can also look at Colorado and say, well, they don't throw the ball much. They got a back who seems to average 180 yards a game. So are you just ready for this? You know, the Smash Mouth game to end all Smash Mouth games now Friday night in uh, Boulder. It's, I love it. I mean, I I I played that. I played the quarterback position, and and I you know I, I think there's you know. Obviously, something nice about the the passing game and a well constructed, well executed passing game. But to be to be honest, uh, over the last several years, I to me the the run game is still the most, especially in college football, is still the most meaningful part of the of the offensive football game. The ability to dominate at the line of scrimmage, uh, the ability to to control the clock a little bit. Um, the ability to manage third downs successfully, get yourself into good third down situations. I think that's mostly based on the run game. And and the way that Coach Whittingham has built his program and, and the way we've watched the run game evolve for Utah, that's it's it's my I, I think it's foundational to college football. So when we have an opportunity to see two teams that live in the run game and understand the run game and and we're gonna we're gonna witness that. I that that is like that's my favorite kind of matchup. It's Utah Washington. That that's that kind of matchup. I mean Washington may feel like they're a little bit more advanced in the pass game, but that's a running football team. And they understand the the what it means to, to win the, the line of scrimmage and to win the, the game on the ground. And, Utah Stanford. I mean, that matchup is always a classic kind of a battle on the on the football field, and I feel like this has the, has the makings of that as well. And I really like what what Coach Sherrell is doing down there. A big fan of his. Um, I thought he got a, you know, it, maybe not the shaft at UCLA, but yeah, you know, it was a difficult thing. It never felt like at, at the end. It felt like he lost his problem, but. But I hope he's really successful at Colorado, and I think a good Colorado football team is meaningful for the South and meaningful for the Pac-12. 5'8", 160 pounds. How does Britton Covey continue to do it? I I don't have a good answer for that. <laughs> uh, did you see? He, he, he sent out a tweet the other day about something that was pretty funny. Lots of guys play football, college football, for seven years or something like that. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Uh, they're, you know, they're just guys that 
have that whatever it is that gene that um that they're just going to figure out a way to overcome any obstacle and maybe that was built on the fact that he's always been undersized and he's always been disregarded and and he's always had to go out and prove himself and he's never shied away from the from the task so watching him perform and and watching him take some of the punishment that he does although it didn't happen as much last week and and the way that he keeps bouncing back it's just it's fun it's it's you know he's really unique and and fun and i i i love to see that guy play i hope that that uh, i hope that we get to see him play a, a little bit longer i don't know what he's going to do after this after this football season but it sure it, you know if there was any way possible it sure would be nice to have him around for for another for another run at it i i i i think about him as as potentially an nfl prospect and I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's your classic, you know, slot guy. He would have to be in the right, you know, all the stars would have to align in the right situation, right offense. I think that's a guy that, that, could, that could probably find his way onto a team, um, certainly with his ability to, to return kicks, return punts. He gives himself a leg up, but... But he's just, I, I mean, that's, that's just a guy, I, I don't know how to describe him exactly other than he, is, he makes a difference every time he steps on the field. So I have two bits of uh, career advice for Britton Covey that he probably doesn't want. Um, or, or he already has because he's already figured him out. One, just yeah. stay at Utah and just let Kyle Winningham and the football program pay for your NBA. Just get it. It just it'd be the weirdest thing, but why not? And the other thing is, get yourself to the NFL and get yourself to Bill Belichick, because Belichick, whatever your skill is, and we've already seen him do it with these tiny little receivers who don't look like they belong in the NFL. But Belichick, whatever you do, he gets the most out of you. Cam Newton. I don't know what's wrong with his shoulder. I think it must be hideously jacked up. Doctors must, you know, it's like a science experiment in there. He can't throw the ball, but Bill Belichick is getting the most out of Cam Newton. He's running for touchdowns. They're 6-6, six and six, and I don't think anybody thinks they've left that much on the field. It's like, that's just, with who they lost to free agency and all the opt-outs, that's just how good they are right now. And so Belichick gets the most out of you, and he gets the most out of tiny receivers. He gets the most out of quarterbacks whose shoulder is jacked up. If he loses half his starters on defense, he gets the most out of them. He was the guy I was thinking about when I was talking about the stars aligning and for Britton Covey. I mean, that, that would be, to me, that looks like the ideal type of scenario. Uh, that, and that would be fantastic. I would, I would also love to see... I would love to see Covey stick around Utah and just, you know, take the next step and become a coach at at Utah. I think there's a skill a skill set there for that guy. I don't know if you watched this was a couple of years ago, um, when his high school team Tempview was playing in the playoffs <laughs> and Covey showed up on the sideline and we had film of it, all of a sudden you know, in middle middle of the game, he's he's not just down there kind of inspiring the the troops. He's he has a clipboard and he's drawing up plays or something on the sideline and he's coaching the guys up. 
uh, as they're getting ready to take the field. I don't think it was a successful venture for Tempview on that afternoon, but there he was. And it seemed like, you know, maybe that was foreshadowing a little bit a future for, for Britton Covey. That's a guy with just, you know, his story alone is inspiring. And, and then to put that together with what seems like a great football mind, I'd love to see him on Coach Whittingham's staff somewhere and see if he could build a career in the coaching ranks. Uh, we got a tweet just coming out from uh, John Wilner, Pac-12 sources, Utah-Colorado game, under consideration by Fox for a move to Saturday and the big noon slot, noon Eastern, so uh, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. All right, no, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, right? 10 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, the game's Friday night on FS1, but they need something to replace Ohio State-Michigan. So undefeated 21st-ranked Colorado and the two-time defending South champs. That's how they'll pitch it. Well, yeah, and and, uh, and uh, you know a Utah football team that hopefully is on the rise after the big win against against the Beavers. I I I think it's a great matchup. I am really excited about that. I'm really excited about this this football game, whichever day it takes place. Uh, and I've been, like I said, very impressed about what what they've done in in Boulder and in Colorado. That's a team that should be successful. Has all of the reasons and all of the you know, all of the facilities and everything else around to be successful, and and uh, hopefully they have the right coach in place to make that happen. Frank, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Of course, anytime. Love to talk to you guys. Hope you're doing well and and stay safe out there. And we'll we'll catch up real soon. Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback and the Ute Insider. You hear him all week long DJ. on all the shows here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Yes. You come on, man! Everyone was waiting for you to say it. You just won't touch the subject. All those little receivers for the Patriots, uh, yeah. Besides size, what else do they have in common that Britton Covey has? They're mostly white. <laughs> I can't <laughs> tell you every <laughs> Patriot receiver, so I can't tell you they're all white. But they're mostly white. The ones I can remember oh, are Burkhead and who's the other one uh woodhead and julian edelman edelman yes edelman was the guy I was although thinking of. those guys were all 200 or over in terms of weight and britain's got nowhere near right that. exactly you know it goes to the ty jordan thing you know we all look at ty he's a little guy he's short but he's in the words of Alan harrington Pick! you know he's 200 pounds he can take the take the hits and you know they'll give him the ball 27 times as they did in the last game Hey, Wilner's got another story out here. Pac-12 will not adjust protocol to allow an unbeaten Colorado team into the championship game ahead of a one or two loss North team. Of course they won't. They're the Pac-12. Hard-headed. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Everything you missed in this show coming up next. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I don't understand Devin Booker's recent tweet. Call me Book or D-Book, (laughs) y'all. Devin makes me uncomfortable. Why? It's your given name. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought, too. And, and, hey, I'll I'll call you Book, I guess. I'm not into that. You know, you hear certain press conferences and whatnot, and guys are calling people by their nicknames and stuff. I don't think I would do that. If you get famous under a certain name, aren't you stuck with it? I mean, you don't see Madonna (laughs) coming out and saying, actually, call me Darlene. Once you've reached a certain level and your name's like right there, I think you got to stick with it whether you like it or not. How about something like uh, Chester Shadows? 
The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, apologize to the committee for all of us from, for uh, BYU because they were right, by the way, the last several weeks when we were ranking BYU and we were looking at it, we were going, they should have been higher. But interesting, Coastal Carolina slides, you know, right into that spot. Man, there's a lot of apologizing going on on that network. Herb Street's got to apologize to Michigan for suggesting they weren't going to play Ohio State. They duck them, keep them out of the title game. And now... Got to apologize because you thought BYU was uh, going to get one more yard and win one football game. I don't accept that apology. Rejected. That's David Pollock <laughs> right there. Who actually, I know he's not the star on that on that uh, uh, of their college football coverage and of the show and all that, but I always like it when he's on. He's uh, he's opinionated and direct. He reminds me of you. <laughs> Pollock? Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of the more opinionated I'll, I'll guys. I have to notice that. I'll yeah. see if I can. I mean, I've seen him many, many times over. I watch yeah. the show most of the time. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't couch stuff as much. And he just okay. Yeah. I'll pay attention. And I, to and I like that. I like that. But I didn't like that he apologized there. BYU lost one game by I one agree. yard. And I, I think agree. the the bigger point isn't BYU. I mean, it is because we're sitting yes, here yes. in the state of Utah. The bigger point is. The committee consistently downgrades anybody but a few leagues and really even a few teams inside a few leagues. And right now, I think two-loss Iowa State is ranked too high, you know, and, and BYU should have been in front of them. And Coastal Carolina has an even better case for being in front of them. But nobody wants to make that case because we weren't talking about Coastal Carolina five years ago because they weren't playing in the bowl subdivision five years ago. No. But they're undefeated. They beat Louisiana on the road, and Louisiana went to Iowa State and won by two touchdowns. Why in the world is a two-loss Iowa State team in front of Coastal Carolina? If so it was Team A and Team B, this wouldn't be happening. But it. How about instead of downgrading rather than that, upgrading on yeah. the other side? Yeah, and I will say that I thought it was good because often, and this is what the AP poll did, often what happens when, a, when there's a game like Coastal Carolina-BYU, the team that loses BYU falls a lot more than the team that wins climbs. Now, some of the teams right in front of Coastal Carolina and right behind BYU lost, so it made it easier to jump Coastal. But Coastal did go up five spots, and BYU went down five. Because sometimes you'll see BYU go down five, and Coastal only go up one or two. And I, hate, and I hate that. Which is, I think, what the AP did, right? Yeah, the AP dropped BYU six spots, and Coastal only climbed three. Right. So I actually like this to get Coastal Carolina, get an opportunity uh, to have a little bit of their day in the sun. At BYU, you had the schedule issue, and, man, I don't want to say it was a no-win, but I think they got penalized more than they would have been rewarded had they won. We'll never know, but I believe you're right. I don't think they would have jumped that much for winning that game. Right. Maybe a spot or two tops. Yeah, yeah, which... Maybe, um, maybe. I'm not even sure they would have. Well, I think they would have because they would have gotten credit for having to play the game on late notice away and travel from Provo all the way literally to the other side of the country right there on the water. So I think that would have given them credit, more credit, as opposed to actually beating 
the team, the logistical nature of it would have given them credit as opposed to the team they yeah. beat. But the bigger but the bigger problem is still it's as much about rep as anything. Of course. <laughs> it just, I agree. It, it's just about rep. And and they were pumping a team that didn't have the rep to the level of the teams in front of them. Mm-hmm. And now you have to apologize for it? No, you don't. They lost one game by one yard. So. <laughs> Come on. No. Do you apologize when team two upsets team one? No. Let's stop apologizing. That was over the top. Over the top. All right, other stuff we've been talking about. This is actually new news here. Ray Perkins has passed away, and um, some people have the uh, have the substance, and some people have the star power. And that he was a, a big name in football without being a big, uh, for lack of a better term, having a big rep or being a big brand name. Uh, he caught a touchdown pass from Johnny Unitas to send the Colts to the Super Bowl in the AFC title game as a player. He was uh, as a head coach with the. The Giants, he hired Parcells and Belichick and gave them huge breaks. I guess you recognize young coaching talent there. To the point that Belichick hired him back in New England. and was He was the offensive coordinator on the Patriots team that went to the Super Bowl and lost in 96. Uh, he also was the guy who succeeded Bear Bryant when Bryant retired. Uh, he was a former Alabama player, so he brought him back, and he had to follow the man. Toughest thing. That's that's a pretty good career. There's several accomplishments there that any one of them would be a highlight, and he's got multiple ones, and he just passed away today at the age of 79. Okay. All right, other stuff we've talked about today. We talked some basketball. Uh, college hoops, you're starting to get fired up now. The Utes are 2-0 and after blowing out Idaho State. The Aggies are 2-3 and after a round College of Idaho. And Weber State's 2-0 and after beating Westminster by 12 points. And BYU's playing Boise State at the Marriott Center tonight, 7 o'clock on BYU TV. Give us a storyline. Give us something to hook our teeth into. Uh, overall or tonight's ball game you're speaking of? Uh, any of these any of these programs, any one of them. I don't care. Any, it's well, just I college think- basketball in the state. Yeah, I think the reason why I'm getting a little more excited a little earlier is because we're moving into conference play. You know, the schedules are all crazy, and and they're probably going to have interruptions too, but we've already seen teams play conference games, and there's not as many, uh, it seems to me, of the Mississippi Valley states of the world, and it seemed like, you know, you had to go through it, and a lot of times in December, if you played, say, eight or ten games, well, eight of them were dog games, right? Well, there's no such thing as a dog conference game. It may be a dog game because you may be way better than that team, but it's still a conference game, and every conference game has implications in the race. And since we're moving towards that, I like that better. And then also, too, uh, I realize BYU still has to play Boise. I like the fact anytime Utah and BYU play, whatever sport really, uh, but the higher-profile sports, uh, we're into it, so that's another story. And the Utes have not had the teams that they've wanted to have, and we're pointing towards this year for Utah. You can't keep saying next year, next year, we're young, we're young, we're young. You know, at some point, that excuse runs its course. And I think that we're at this point for the Utes. And it looks like they've got the most talent they've had since uh, Pirtle and DeLon Wright and uh, Loveridge and, and those guys, Kuzma, obviously, and then they went on their way. And so now I look for them to be back. To what extent back remains to be seen. But I don't think they'll be struggling. I don't even know if they'll have an NIT this year, but I don't think they'll be struggling just you know, using that as an example to get an NIT bid. It looks like they're better than that. 
So as I try to figure out who's where in the Pac-12, there's a few teams that people seem to be confident about. You know, if you go top third, middle third, bottom third, uh, I've heard Washington isn't very good, and now I've watched them play, and I think they're not very good. Plug them into the bottom third. Uh, Colorado and Oregon have been pretty good, and I'm hearing good things about them. I'm kind of plugging them into the top third. You got a feel for the Utes where you want to plug them in? Oh, right now I'm going to start top half with the opportunity to move up. I don't know that they'll do that. Put the Devils in there, too. I think the Devils are ranked right now. Yeah, yeah, they uh, should They should be a Oregon, top third. Oregon got a player that they were looking for. It's interesting. Uh, what's his face? Uh, what's the guy's name? The Creighton coach, Dana Altman. Mm-hmm. He was whining. He's at Oregon. He's whining about the transfers taking a long time, and boom. As soon as he got done whining, the guy that they were hoping to get eligible got eligible. So uh, never count out Oregon. They've got a good program, tons of money, blah, blah, blah. So And SC, SC always has talent. I mean, Yeah, but I can see plugging them into the middle third. And I know Arizona's had a lot of good teams, but I, don't, I know they're off to a 3-0 start, but you know, Cal State Bakersfield should make them 4-0 uh, today. But I don't know if I want to plug them into the top third. They might, they might be middle third. So what's the top third? Do my math. You're talking top four? Yeah, four four teams at the top. Thinking that they usually have four NCAA tournament teams in the league. Uh, and I realize the Utes have finished fourth and not gone to the NCAA tournament. It's not a lock. But ballpark, you know, they have a year, they have three. They have a year, they have five. You know, they have a year, they have two. They have a year, they have six. So top third, middle third, bottom third. Um, I'm writing Washington off. You wanted to write Washington State off. Uh, Cal's gotten off to a uh, iffy start. Cal's got a couple good players, uh, but I wouldn't put them in the top four. I think it's going to be a dogfight to get in the top four. I, I don't know that there's great teams, but there's decent teams. And then BYU and Boise State tonight. The uh, Cougars five and one. The Broncos two and one. What do you what do you make of the Cougs? I mean, the league race isn't really. I mean, we can look at the Utes in the league race just because how the Pac-12 is built, but because how the West Coast Conference is built, we've all we, we're not even penciling Gonzaga in as number one. We're we're writing them in as ink and oh, moving blood. moving on. Blood, 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 PK always taught me. Always taught me, Jersey tough guy. <laughs> PK's just, your blood, not my blood. Oh, I was gonna say, PK's sticking a pin in the end of his finger. Wait, no, he's sticking needles into the end of my finger. Let me bleed on the paper. Mark yeah. Fuse blood. Yeah, Gonzaga obviously is a lock. Uh, doesn't mean BYU can't beat them. Although, you know, if they don't have the twenty thousand fans in the Marriott Center, that that would suck because when the Gonzaga Bulldogs come in, like last year. In February, that was one of the greatest moments in BYU basketball history, certainly in the regular season. It was just an awesome environment, as we know that environment can be. Uh, But I think BYU has an opportunity to get themselves into the tournament. They're a developing team. You know, they've got so many guys, and they're new guys. And and that's that's the thing that you're going to encounter if you go down that transfer road. I was going to ask Dolce about that. We ran out of time as far as the quarterbacks. You keep going down the, the, the transfer road, you're going to have that turnover a lot. Just by nature, you're going to have that turnover uh, a fair amount of time. And BYU had it last year. The team that Mark Pope put together was very good. It's a shame, obviously, for everybody that we didn't get to see them and everybody else. Now he's got a lot of new guys again because last year they had like eight dudes, I think, were seniors. Now I think it's going to take some time here to see how they develop. Uh, you know, they sucked against SC. Then they came back and looked pretty good against St. John's. Uh, Utah State, 
they had their moments, and then they struggled, and they won the game, so I guess that's all that matters. But they need some more time to keep it going here. And I'll watch tonight's game for sure, but I'm certainly more excited about uh, Saturday's game. I think it's at 4 o'clock against the Utes. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, there's a little uh, a little college hoops for you. And uh, the NFL, uh, the Ravens just rolled over to the Cowboys. They ran for 294 yards. Lamar Jackson, that was embarrassing, watching a quarterback just run down the middle of the field untouched for a touchdown. I gave up on that game, i got to admit. A friend invited right? us over, and we went uh, in their hot tub. Here's what you missed. Nothing. You just didn't miss anything. The Cowboys just looked like they were done. Troy Aikman's talking about how many questions they've got in the offseason. I mean, if you get a really good quarterback back, and assuming they get him back and he's healthy and he's 100%, because that was a horrible injury for Dak Prescott, you know, that will fix some of the issues because he's a dynamic player and he makes a lot of plays. But uh, quarterbacking wasn't their big problem. I mean, he'll be better, but it wasn't, you know, Dalton was okay. Uh, The defense was awful. You know, so they got a lot of issues. All right, DJ and PK, that is what we've been talking about. When we come back, all of your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. You've got to try a little kindness. Show a little kindness. Don't treat my sack that way, you mean old creep. My boy's as tough as any other. So says Zach Wilson's mother. Those refs are bleep. They're all just bleeping, 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 bleep. We're going to have daily COVID music. Is that the deal? You know, when you're working from home, you got time to put that together, right? That comes in from Kay. It's the second straight day. He's giving us a. Kay's putting together a stream, uh, a string there for the feedback segment. Good work. Well, I say, you know, years from now, they can do a million dollar quartet with him and his wife, whoever's singing that, you know, like they had with Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis, and they could take it and go on the road and make it a uh, theater play because this is, this is just, it's mushrooming. So we uh, told the people earlier, University of Washington football program has paused all team-related football activities, increase in positive COVID tests, no practice today, more info, the status of the game, which is uh, a rivalry game, Washington and Oregon. The, those two like to get after each other. And it happens that Washington's in first place at 3-1 and one, and Oregon's in second place in the north at 3-2. and two, So it decides who goes to the title game. And we were talking about, well, if they – if they don't play that, maybe that's one more reason they could go to a battle of undefeateds with uh, Utah, assuming Utah and UCLA lose to USC and Colorado. And we'd both like to see that game, so we're both up for that. But the Pac-12 has already announced, or well, John Wilner has reported that the Pac-12 has decided, they haven't announced, but John Wilner is reporting the Pac-12 has decided that they're not going to do that no matter what. They'll put a two-loss team in the conference title game before they'll do that. And uh, and so we've got a whole string, we got a whole string of uh, tweets that ends with "This is why the, we're the Pac-12, and this is why we are the laughing stock of college football." At Buffs Big Man, he's he's in, to that. Yeah, he's in Denver. Decision, but yeah. what the heck? Let them think what they let them do what they want. I mean, it's I, I, I'm not going to acknowledge whoever wins it. In my mind, great. You wanted in a jacked up year, but don't be running around acting like you won something that really mattered. U State Iceman wants to know what happens to Boise State basketball. The Mountain West is pretty good at basketball. 
Well, we were talking earlier about the uh, the email a coach sent out and uh, Freedom of Information Act. They got it, and so now Brian Harson's email is out there. When the Mountain West wasn't playing, he wanted to be aggressive and go find another league to play in and go find somebody else to play. And would they consider doing that permanently? We know they flirted with the Big East a few years ago and then didn't do it. What about the AAC now? Your point was the AAC doesn't have an automatic berth, but if you win it three years in a row— and if you added Boise State and or BYU to the mix, it seems like you'd be more likely to get it. Well, Boise yeah, State would so. put the rest of, in the email. Uh, there was the, in the emails that were released. It was clear that Boise State was reaching out to contact the Big West and the West Coast Conference, but there wasn't an answer back. We don't know what those leagues think about Boise State long term. Well, the West Coast is uh, all religious schools. Boise is not, obviously, and then the Big West is basically California commuter schools. They did let Hawaii in for... Uh, mm-hmm, they did. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, it's uh, UCs and Cal States. Yeah. Uh, so, and I guess uh, Pacific's not a religious school, but they are a private school. But the other schools are all religious schools, and mostly Catholic schools, but they're all, they're all private schools, but they want a, a public school in there. Right. All right, there you go. There's some of the uh, response coming in this morning. We are about out of time. Scotty and Hands are coming up. You got anything else you want to share before we hit the road? No, I'm just excited that we got some more sports going on here with basketball tonight. I'd like to see the Ute game stay Friday, but if they want to move it to Saturday at 10 o'clock Denver time, our time too, I'm fine with that too. All right, we'll see how that uh, see how that plays out. Wilner's reported that with Ohio State and Michigan not happening, Fox needs a big noon game, and that's one of the games they're considering. So if anything breaks later today, the other shows will have it for you right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.